Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, we had Stuart Pearce uh, with us on the show, and uh, he did admit he'd caught himself on screen a few times during lockdown and uh, <clears throat> had some funny stuff to say about that. We also spoke to the wine tipster, didn't we? The man that combines the world of horse racing tipping and getting bluted on wine. Well, I mean, I'm sure, <laughs> what I'm sure that's not what he probably spits into a bucket, I'm sure. He on his business he's, card. He's a, ni- he's a nice man, isn't he? He's a nice man. <laughs> he is. He was good fun. He sent us some wines to try along with him. His line was a bit of a problem, but we, yeah, we thought you'd still enjoy it. Yeah, the apologies for the, the massive break. I don't know why he was in such a delay. He's only, in, he's only about 10 miles from us. Um, also, what else did we do, Andy? What else did we Nathan do? Caton was on very good form, oh, I yeah. thought. He was very Nathan funny. Was so. Yeah. Brentford fan. Uh, Martin yeah. Kellner was his uh, usual self, and uh, we managed to work in a bit of striker as well right at the we end. We did. There. We did. Here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. And I start with a great headline in the uh, Times today. Uh, the headline is, Arsenal may not have the money to re-sign Luis. I don't think that's the problem. <laughs> I think that's yeah. the reason. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're not signing because we haven't got the money. No, I don't think so. So, uh, <laughs> quite possibly. And uh, the court circular was good. Uh, yesterday, 18th of June, the Queen spoke to the President of the French Republic this afternoon via telephone. And she said to him, can you get off the phone? I'm trying to watch the 3.35 at Ascot. Yeah. She, she must be quite distracted. I mean, it must be quite difficult that somebody's coming in. Mom, there's just some papers uh, to sign. And uh, uh, the Prince of Wales has asked, and she's going, Hora! And she's watching the race. It must be looking over the shoulder of the equerry, just kind of just get out of the way. Be exactly. She must. Uh, she wouldn't want to phone call from, from Macron. She? Yeah. <laughs> right in the middle of racing. Tell him I'm not here. That's it. Well, the flags outside Buckingham Palace. No, I'm not here. That's a mistake. <laughs> and a report on Basil Brush. Uh, who seems to be making quite a comeback. Well, we thought, were I, thought a we chat was, with I thought we were supposed to talk yeah. to him yesterday. I think we wanted to get his reflection on the first night of the Premier League, but uh, maybe you're too. Yeah, I think he wanted to do Jim's show. He thinks more serious type of show, so I think he felt he wanted to do yeah. Jim's. <laughs> but it yeah, says here it in the probably sun, was, yeah. <laughs> having, having been on our screens for 58 years, uh, being a furloughed fox has been a strange experience for Basil Brush. I think you're not really furloughed, don't you? You're just lying around in a box, would be my guess. Better than knows? being chased by dogs, isn't it? I mean, what <laughs> That's isn't? That's true. 
but it certainly <laughs> is. Now, um, Tottenham yes. fan and uh, TalkSport listener Mark Carter tweeted uh, earlier on, just for a bit of a laugh, because he's a regular at White Hart Lane, Gloucester Spurs. He said, uh, any spares Kinda. for tonight? Any spares for tonight? Which I thought <laughs> yeah, was funny. a funny line, and it got me thinking. Yeah. It was the first point I'd actually thought about one of the other uh, victims of everything that's gone on with the theatres dark and no... Fo- the humble... T- well, I say humble. The <laughs> anybody got, anybody yeah. got the violins? Well, I, Get the violins I, out. I, I, thought, I don't think it's going to be crowdfunding pages set up. Uh, I don't think yeah. where I get furloughed, but, um, yeah, I mean, tickets have not, not been a good time for for the tower, has it? They've really? been winners and at losers all. all the way along. Perspex screen manufacturers, what a boom. Boom time yeah. for them. I mean, everywhere you go now, it's a big perspex screen. So if you make those and cut out the holes and fit them, you know, that's good business for you. So If you're in the the perspex screen, we should have got it. We're in the wrong game. We should have got in the old perspex. (laughs) We would have waited all of this time, (laughs) wouldn't we? If you live next door to a perspex screen manufacturer, you know, and you've Mm. always kind of looked down a bit, maybe you're, I don't know what you are, you could be a, a brain surgeon or something. It's a funny street they live on. Do, do brain um, surgeons look down on Perspex manufacturers? I don't know. But then they suddenly, then, then the, the new Bentley is delivered, the convertible Bentley. And oh, yeah. Think, oh, well, yeah. Although I imagine the brain surgeon's still busy, isn't he? Anyway, it's not. Well, why are we even having this car? Can I drop you here, Garth? Because I don't want to go down the one-way system. What about tickets out, no, Garth? Eh? How have they been getting on? Can't be easy. And... Uh, Another sign that football's back are the daft letters to the tabloids, honestly. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tony Scrace wrote to the Sun. He said, absolutely brilliant that football is back, but why do players think it's acceptable to spit, especially in today's climate? Who? Who did? Did you see anybody? I haven't seen any one player spitting. I haven't. Oh, there's no, there and, I think Phil Foden apparently you, is, in, is, is in trouble for spitting. I mean, leave him alone. Oh, he? You've got to cut him some slack, sake. haven't you, really? I know. And then after watching, this is Gene Drew, after watching the return of the Premier League on TV, I was left wondering... How so many players managed to get their hair cut so beautifully during lockdown? Oh, shut up, Gene. What are you worried about? Really, honestly. <laughs> they've probably got clippers. That would be my guess. And then Ronald it. Hopes. <laughs> there more. Does he? Honestly. Oh, yeah, he hates the... He's got a great suggestion here. The Hawkeye goal line technology made a blatant mistake in the Aston Villa versus Sheffield United match on Wednesday. No, really. Uh, sorry just isn't good enough. The referee should be sent back to referee school, whatever that is, to get some <laughs> backbone. Do they supply that at referee school? I'm not aware actually surely he could have overruled Hawkeye oh shut up Ronald honestly so there you go there's typical it's a, man, a good sign it's a man shouting <laughs> abuse at newspaper letters so uh, that tells you Andy well, is back in that he's in should. that fo- he's, he's got his game face on uh, when you went to, was it what was that bloke's name Tony Scrace You've yes, got the Scraces. You've got to call one of your kids David or Dennis or Donald. Des, You've got Des, to be disgrace, haven't you? Disgrace. You've got to be disgrace. Absolutely, of course. Uh, Apparently, the, more, oh yeah, go on. I was going to say more winners from the lockdown, Andy. Um, takeaway. Anybody in the takeaway business? Mm. Um, and certainly for the first night of football, the good people at Just Eat have said they had seventy-six thousand orders between six and seven o'clock, an average of thirteen hundred a minute beginning just after Villa, Sheffield United kicked off. Most people wanted pizza. Others wanted Chinese. Few wanted an Indian. And the company said it's clear there's an appetite for more than just football. Nice line there. But um, yeah. what about that? So in the delivery business, it's, it's, it's been a dream, isn't it? Oh, it's been a boom for them. Our, our local Chinese has opened uh, for takeaway. So we're going to do that tonight. So I'm really looking. Marvelous. I really miss that. So that's oh, uh, But uh, well, the, augmented, uh, the augmented sound wasn't, a ma- wasn't an overall success. Some people really, really liked it. But yeah. apparently, I didn't hear this because I wasn't listening to it. But on opening night, viewers expressed confusion. 
confusion on social media after a save from Dean Henderson, the Sheffield United goalkeeper, was accompanied by a loud roar as if a goal had been scored. Oh, they do love Dean Henderson's work at Villa Park. It was a good save. It was a good strong arm. I know the one you're talking about. It was, yeah, yeah, uh, it was a it good was save. An impressive save. Nigel Pearson was quite funny. Oh, yeah, this not, is great, not, isn't it? Yeah. I've not thought of it like this before. He said he cannot stand the artificial crowd noise, the Watford manager. He said it's like canned laughter on TV. And uh, he said, we don't intend to create a false atmosphere at our games. But it's true. There is a touch of the canned laughter about it. Well, he says he he compared it to American comedy show. So I think it's a shame that uh, Mark Crosby and Rob Newman aren't playing any longer because it would be great from Cheers' point of view. Yeah. (laughs) Norm. (laughs) We only came up. And Seinfeld, hello, Newman, the crowd could go. It would be really good. And the people (laughs) just start (laughs) laughing sort of automatically. Would have got a laugh. I don't think you meant that. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Joining us now. A man who's barely been off our screens, really, in lockdown. What with the Euro '96 replays, true. old England <laughs> matches on, he's been on. Uh, he's been on an awful lot. We're very pleased to say it is your co-commentator for that game uh, tomorrow, Stuart Pearce. Hi, Stuart. Afternoon, gents. Sorry uh, for uh, being on the television. I hadn't realised what a bad player I was. Until I saw the <laughs> did you? Saw did the you? Cameroonies running me ragged, you know. Oh yeah, that was a game. <laughs> of did you? Uh, did you watch some of them back? I've watched a couple back. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, as I say, it's uh, you don't realise uh, thirty years makes you a hell of a better player than you actually were at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, are you critical of, of yourself Do you, is in oh, the way that you would be? Yeah, yeah. Always was as a player. I always used to watch back performances, record match of the day, watch it back or whatever, wow. you know. And, I mean, my God, I I, I looked at some of the defending for <laughs> over the summer and it was absolutely woeful. And I thought, how can I ever coach a young kid? If he's a free runner that some of my defending, you know, well. Well, we uh, apart from critiquing your own uh, old defending uh, during the lockdown, uh, you've been acquiring a new skill, Stuart, haven't you? I, I, I'm told on good authority that uh, you've been learning to play the drums. I certainly have. The uh, the kind of people <laughs> Roland sent a drum kit through to me, and uh, I've been practicing. So this afternoon, I'll go up and have another hour. I'll sort of get on, have a little YouTube. Yesterday, I, I had an hour's lesson on 17 fillers from well-known tracks like Foo Fighters <laughs> on Nirvana. Wow, uh, brilliant. There was even a little taste of uh, In the Air Tonight from Phil Collins, which oh. I played extremely badly. You wouldn't have, you wouldn't have known what <laughs> But I absolutely love that. I wish I'd have done it as a kid. I really do. You brilliant. Know? I'm absolutely loving it at the moment. And you've got Craig Blundell, TalkSport listener, top session drummer, um, teaching you, haven't you? You've been getting some lessons from him. Well, uh, and we got Ian Danter as well. Oh, yeah. The tribute band for Kiss, you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. I've got a lot of people who are stepping forward offering their help out, so, um, which, is, which is fantastic. But I absolutely love it. It's such it's so rewarding, you know, to, to even learn a small, you know, couple of segments of, of a yeah. so Brilliant. Keep it up, Stuart. Well, I'm very short of rhythm as well. We knew <laughs> that anyway, you know, but... I'm very short of rhythm. Oh, good stuff. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. We kick off our uh, championship coverage tomorrow lunchtime on TalkSport 2 with Alex Crook and Ray Houghton. And it's uh, race former club Fulham uh, against Brentford. What a cracking match. Third versus Cracking game. Uh, Should be a sensational one, I'm sure. Watching uh, that one will be our next guest, uh, comedian and Brentford fan, Nathan Caton. Good afternoon, Nathan. 
How's it going, guys? You all right? Good, thank you. Good. you must be. I mean, I know I, I saw from your social media you, you, you've been watching the Premier League, you're watching Arsenal City, but nothing like watching your own team in action, is there? Yeah, man. It's been, it's been a long time, a long time just twiddling my thumbs, having to just have a conversation with my girlfriend instead of watching football. Um, <laughs> <laughs> can't come soon enough. Yeah. yeah, and a big one to start with. I'm just looking at uh, Brentford's website, and none of their games in July have been picked by Sky, which is surprising because I think they're going to be there or thereabouts right the way to the to the end of the season. And I'm hoping they're going to be uh, promoted like you are, probably Nathan, or definitely are. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it'll be it's a, it's a fairy tale kind of like situation where like we get promoted into the Premier League. And then we went to a new stadium. It's like that's the perfect way to kind of have it go. But um, in terms of not being on TV, I don't mind. I mean, because the, the less we're on TV, then the the less these bigger clubs don't know about our players. That's what I'm yeah. thinking. <laughs> that is another way of looking at it. It's true. It's the old shop window. Uh, you'll be hoping that, that something seen in Germany, certainly this home form thing going out the window without crowds, uh, will be the case for. Uh, for Brentford as they go along because I mean Fulham have got a great home record um, yeah. and Brentford have had a bit of an iffy run away from home so you'll be hoping it don't, you know it, it, it'll, it'll work out for you yeah well I'm, I'm just thinking that Fulham because Fulham's down the road it's like a home game for us anyway so just think of it like that rather than <laughs> being away from home um, yeah I mean, and also it's a West London derby I mean form kind of goes out the window you, can't, you don't know what's going to happen especially now after like a three month hiatus as well Absolutely, yeah. And the new stadium, which I've got a season ticket to as well, uh, doesn't open, won't open in August like it was going to. So in a way, it might not be a bad thing because it'll give them a chance to get everything up and running for when fans can come back, whenever that might be. Yeah, um, a bit more time to you know put, put another layer of polish on all the seats and stuff. Um, <laughs> it, it does look, it look, mate. The stadium looks amazing. I've, like I've, I've, I nearly crashed my car once looking at the stadium as opposed to looking at the road. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's looking impressive. It um, does. How, I was going to say, how's how's lockdown been for you, Nathan? I'm sure frustrating because obviously, as a stand-up comedian, you want to go and do what you do best. Yeah, it's um, it's been a massive gear change because uh, like before lockdown, I was I was on the road, I was doing, I was gigging like six, sometimes seven nights a week, and now yeah. just sat here doing nothing. And that, I mean, lockdown with my girlfriend, and um, we've kind of got to the stage where. Like, I can't stop looking at her thinking, I love you, but just do one, mate. Just juggle. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she's not listening. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> well, that should be on a Valentine's card, don't you? I love you, but do one, no, mate. I tell you, I was I was speaking, my wife actually has got a, very, a friend who's a very high-profile divorce lawyer, mm. and she's never been busier. It's so busy in lockdown. <laughs> oh, it's unbelievable. Do you want to we pass on the number to Nathan by the sound of it from what he's just said? Yeah, we will. We'll text it to you. And and in all seriousness, uh, there's been stuff going on in the world, and you're a comedian that likes to take on uh, issues given the chance, and there's been stuff going on over the last few weeks that I'm sure you would have been talking about on stage. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, it's, it's a bad time to not be gigging. Because yeah, there's, there's, so, there's so much stuff that I can kind of delve into. Um, mm. so like, once the company comes open, oh, mate, it's all coming out. It's, it's going to be like a <laughs> therapy session for me.
Yeah, I think a lot of comedians will be saying, remember back in March that happened? Well, I mean, there's going to be a lot of that because I've had this gag since March and I'm going to do it because it's a really good gag. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm still thinking you're talking about Tiger King next year. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. What about Tiger King? It's true. Oh, but yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's true. That's a very good point. That's great. So, so um, Have you done any... Doing- uh, I was going to ask, ask the same question. The same. Go on, yeah. Paul. You carry on. <laughs> We're going to ask the same. Have you been doing any? Have you been doing any online gigs? Um, yeah, I've done some, but uh, it's, it's not the same. It's just um, I'm just like talking down a lens, and sometimes you can't hear the audience. So, like, it, it's less comedy, more just like a guy having a mental breakdown. All <laughs> 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 feels a bit desperate, does it? It's, it's tough. I mean, I can understand though. It's a way to get out there and do your thing, and maybe make some money or raise some money. And I can understand why Kemp comedians have been so. I mean, it, for their mental health as well. You know, it, it, it's it's tough. Yeah, just just need need an, an outlet of of some of some way. But I mean, it's it's, it's not the same. I mean, being in lockdown has made me realise, or oh, maybe made me cherish even more the craft that I do. You know, to be able to go out on stage and say talk and make people laugh there in the moment as opposed to like yeah. over Zoom or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. Can't wait to get back. Well, look, I think, I think people are going to need it when when we get through the other side of this and let's hope things are heading in the right direction from what we hear this morning. But if that is the case, we can get uh, audiences back in. I think uh, people in your line of work are going to be more important than ever. So good to talk to you, Nathan. We'll catch up with you soon. Enjoy the football tomorrow. Man, thank you, guys. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. When we were at uh, Cheltenham a few months back, which feels like about 200 years ago now, um, we met our next guest, Neil Phillips. He's the wine tipster. He combines the world of uh, tipping, of course, and the world of wine. Now, that's a surprise. Um, <laughs> but he does it brilliantly, and he would normally be working the lounges and the hospitality rooms at Royal Ascot, but uh, alas, uh, he can't do that this time, which must be a bit of a blow. But he does join us now. Good afternoon, Neil. Hello, Paul. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. As I said, you'd be a busy man today. You'd be flitting around, doing the wine tasting, get, get, giving people tips for the day's racing. It must be a bit frustrating for you, I'm sure. Yeah, it's, it's frustrating because you know, you'd love being at Royal Ascot. You love being there. And it is a really tremendously busy five days for me. And obviously a wonderful five days. It's so great to be involved. But having said all that, guys... I think they've done a brilliant job this week with the racing behind closed doors. And I think the way they've got everybody involved in the build-up you know, to have Royal Ascot at home has been really good. And we've obviously had some cracking racing, haven't we? With Stradivarius winning the Gold Cup for a third time yesterday. That was great. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I know your uh, tippling would have gone down well, but how's your tipping been this week? Uh, and I've had, well, my, I've, had, I've done one of the naps front, Andy. <laughs> I, I tell you what, yeah. my best success this week was really Lord North. I have to say, I really right. fancied him, and I'd fancied him really since I saw him win the Cambridgeshire at Newmarket last year. So, but I could do with coming with a bit of a surge today and tomorrow. Obviously, we've got a big eight race card tomorrow, but it's been great to be involved. Now you've kindly sent us some some wines, Neil. So although we, we can do a bit of a tasting, so did you have these wines sort of lined up as uh, for Asker for everybody to taste, and we're now getting the benefit of it? You you boys are getting the benefit of it, guys. And I know you've. Uh, I remember from Cheltenham. I thought I bet you thought we looked the running order today. I thought this looks great. <laughs> oh, not off. <laughs> Does it? You sent us some lovely wines. To be fair. Yeah, I think you'll be pleased, Eddie. Um, what we did, we had a, a launch of the Ascot Wine Club, and mm. 
what they did is is three different wine cases, uh, a four feature one, and you get twelve bottles. So obviously, if you you know maybe three or four bottles of one particular wine, for example, and we named them after Gold Cup winners. So Yates, who won the Gold Cup four times, as you know, Cigaro three times, and Fame and Glory. And we launched that a couple of weeks ago. I did the video for that. And, uh, you know, in the back garden here, <laughs> Royal Ascot in front of the conifers. But one of the things that's been very, getting people to order in the wines ahead of Royal Ascot at home, but also the fact is, you know, 10% 10, 10 of it is going to support Ascot race courses, supports charitable funds. So good too. So we've had a great response. And really just saying to people as well, guys, you know, you know, the range of wines you've got, you guys have got some champagne. I don't know. I don't know if you opened anything up yet, by the way. Well, we, we're, I think we're, we're about to, but I mean, I think Andy, Andy's <laughs> tolerance for alcohol is quite low. So I, I, I don't, him, I don't him swearing his way through the last hour. So I think no, I'm <laughs> going with the, I've just opened the Gris Blanc 2019, a nice, very pale rosé, Neil. Looks lovely. I'm going to try a little bit of this now. Yeah, yeah. You try that. I've just opened the uh, Moet and Chandon Vintage 20. Blimey, you're not messing, you're not messing about, are you? And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm saving that one. It's I'm like Alan Brazil. I'm not going <laughs> to drink a bottle of vintage champagne on my own. Now that is decadent. That would be Andy. That would be fantastic. The last out would be great singing celery. It'd be marvellous. Yeah. Oh, so Andy, well, nice. I'm going to try mine now. I've got the old grease, but we'll give it a bit of a go, shall we? Okay, yeah, here we go. Then we're going in. Come on, guys, we're going into very this. Very nice. Mm. Yeah, very, oh, very oh, beautiful. 2090, yeah, quite, quite fr very fruity, red fruits. Oh, it's yes, fruity, yeah. It feels what notes have you got, Paul? What notes I'm, I'm, are you I'm, getting? What do you think? I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm getting all sorts of, uh, all sorts of fruity notes uh, from this. Um, I, 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 oh, yeah, Andy, what about it's you? quite a lot of tannin for a rosé, isn't it? It's quite, quite a sort of under, undertaste, you know, sort of quite slightly bitter. Or, yeah. Cherries, I mean, I'm getting cherries. Oh, you got cherries. I like that, guys. Yeah. In actual nice. fact, th this is this is made by a guy called Gerald Bertrand. He used to play a lot of rugby, mm -hmm. and this one is uh, right that comes from right down the south of France. And it, you know, you're talking about a bit. Of, there's a bit, of tan, a bit of grip. You know, just just have that with some nice. Uh, get the old antipasti out, you know, and uh, settle down and enjoy. It, really, I think. But it's Very it's nice. part of, you know, it's in the cigaro case there. So yeah, they've got some. But yeah, I think I really like that sort of wine style coming from the south of France, really. But it's yeah. it's got now, you know, Sunday. Big... I was going to say, Sorry. are you there, Neil? I was yeah, going to say, Sunday, yeah. I'm definitely saving this one for my roast beef in Yorkshire. Donna Paula Estate Malbec. Uh, um, quite a full body, I'd say, looking by the percentage. And uh, I bet that's really nice. Yeah, it has. It's... Uh... Well, as it happens, guys, I've just got, I, I thought I wasn't sure which wine you were going to have, so I thought I'd better open them all, really. <laughs> so, cool, blimey. Stay tuned in. He'll fight any man by five o'clock. <laughs> please gamble responsibly over the next couple of hours, Neil, won't you? Really? <laughs> exactly. But, I, <laughs> but I, you're right. I mean, the, the Donna Paula Malbec, you know, we love Malbec, don't we? And, oh, yeah. uh, and is is certainly one of the is really deep it's really complex and it's going to be fantastic with that sunday roast but we you know being serious here guys we want people to just get and get involved because people have been doing lots of selfies at home as you know with the royal ascot at home and then mm. sending those pics in also social media making a donation um so i've been doing a lot of pieces this week about that but also you know people enjoying afternoon tea and everything else like that and, you know, and lots of people have been getting dressed up which i think is yeah. fantastic 
Yeah, no, so the weather good. picks up a bit over the weekend. It'll be better. So where can people find out more about your, your, your Royal Ascot Wine Club then, Neil? Yeah, what they can do, if they go onto the Ascot uh, Racecourse Wine um, Ascot uh, site there, there's actually a click on there for the Ascot Wine Club on the home page. Nice. So people can order, they can order the different cases. I mean, I've just, um, you know, shown a couple like the Merton Chandon Vintage, the Sancerre from Gerard Millet. Uh, they're both in the Yates case, shown the Gris Blanc and the Malbec, which you're looking forward to, and it is in the Cigaro case. And then you've got four other lovely wines in the. And remember, 10% of it's going to the Ascot Racecourse's support charitable fund. So it's all good stuff, guys. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Is that the sound of a betting slip being ripped up? Of course it is. It's Martin Kellner. Before we get on to this week's selections, did you manage to work out the subtitles on El Presidente? Oh, yeah. that's that, Well, that's my main thing, El Presidente. Oh. It's brilliant. Oh, OK. I, brilliant. I love it. Absolutely love it. Gloriously cynical. Um, it's a thing on uh, Amazon Prime called Closed Caption, apparently, which my daughter talked me through. And I got the, <laughs> uh, I got the subtitles, and I'm so glad I did. I loved yeah. it. It's very, yeah, it's, it's very Latin. It's you know you couldn't, you know we used to. I think Clive James used to come and take the Mickey out of uh, Latin American soap operas and things, and it's a wee bit like that, you know, with a sort of very uh, smouldering looks to camera and everything. Yeah. But you know, it's unmistakably yeah. Latin. It's probably because... worth giving the background, Martin, just to, to, of the what what the story entails. It's kind of, it's made in it's been made in Mexico, hasn't it? I think it's Mexican TV. It it's has, Argentinian it's... director. It? Oh, Argentinian yeah. director. Okay, right. Yeah, well, you're probably telling me something I didn't know as an Argentinian director, <laughs> but there you go. But it's really, uh, I mean, basically, it's a story of corruption. That's all you need to know. It's it's the 
corruption within FIFA, and uh, we've seen all these stories over the years, but nobody, nobody's made such a glorious, cynical, gloriously cynical uh, soap <laughs> opera about the whole thing, um, which I love. And it's about the fact they put this guy, who's a bit of a schlemiel, you look that up, it's in the, on the internet. He's a bit of a schlemiel. So they put him in charge of the Chilean uh, football organisation because they need to get rid of uh, Marcelo Bielsa. And he was hugely popular with the fans in Chile. So the idea is that this guy, this sort of inoffensive guy who doesn't really know what he's doing, and it is, like I say, it's really Latin American. He's this guy who he doesn't look very imposing. He drives a pretty rubbish little car. And because it's Latin American, even though he's got a bald head and a pot belly, he's still able to get himself a hot wife. But that's <laughs> chilly for you. Um, so, so basically, he becomes the head of the Chilean uh, FA, and it all goes wrong for these guys who, who are, you know, the corrupt guys who've been there all the time. Yeah, that's all I've watched. I watched the first couple of episodes, but um, do love it, and it's, it's largely about the awarding by FIFA of the uh, of the World Cups and the big major tournaments and uh, where the money goes, which I think we can pretty well guess. It's good. I, I watched all of it, and you, you have some sympathy for Hadway, the main character, by the end. I mean, you know, mm. oh, but yeah. not that much. And uh, and and Grondona, who narrates it right the way through, is incredibly From the grave, cynical. Of course, the former head yeah, of the Argentinian FA. Uh, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. No. What, good, what else? Very much indeed. Um, I just want to say there was one line I particularly enjoyed with the yeah. this when they were at the meeting in uh, Luque in Paraguay, and uh, he was ushered away from the meeting, and they said, "Go to the bar, help yourself." And uh, the bar lady asked him, well, "Why is it that um, that you're not in there at the meeting?" He says, "No, no, Chile have sent two representatives, and we're splitting the duties." Mm. And she says, "Ah, yes. So you were assigned the task of being in here drinking with an angry face." Uh, <laughs> yeah. some, and his wife is glorious, this great sort of lady yeah. like Beth figure. But yeah, uh, I've also watched uh, Tiger Woods back which obviously has a double meaning there because he went through all the... And it's a great story, whatever way you look at it. The fact that he did come back from the, from the injuries and from all the uh, publicity and all that. Um, bit too glossy. For, you know, a lot of these uh, Netflix and Amazon Prime documentaries um, are beautifully produced. You, know, they, you can see the money there on the screen and that sort of thing. But, you know, it starts off quite predictably with um, Eye of the Tiger, but not sort of Eye of the Tiger as we know it by yeah. Survivor. But the a Mrs. Sort of, Mills uh, version. Well, a slowed <laughs> down version. You, you get the, you know, the plangent piano and then you get the, the first time rising up and all that, but very done very slowly and very soulfully. And I thought... Oh my God! It's the John Lewis Christmas ad already. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a great story. Uh, enjoyed it very much. Um, it's the return. We mentioned racing there, and I have to say there has been some um, good. I haven't won any money, obviously, but there has been some obviously. good racing, particularly um, Stradivarius. Unbelievable in the Gold yeah. Cup. Did you have that race? Yeah, we watched it. Yeah, so yeah, the commentary sensational. Yeah, 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 it was one of those races where there's a horse, and I've seen this. Usually, I've backed one that's in the lead or near the start, and then one horse makes the others look as though they're running backwards. Yeah. And Stradivarius did that. I'd back the one that was uh, that was in the lead and uh, it just it was an unbelievable run uh, and I just liked uh, Johnny Murta's comment he was one of the ITV uh, people analysing it former jockey Johnny Murta and he talked about uh, Stradivarius and its performance and said oh that horse had them spread out like Brown's cows 
which is a, well, I'm going to use a lot. I'm, I'm looking for, a, yeah. for an occasion in which I can use that. It's <laughs> like Brown's cows. That's, which, I think uh, once, Martin, during the, birth, cows. once during the birthday spread, I think, Andy, you met Johnny Murter on a train, didn't you? Which one was it? Of course I did, yeah, the Orient which, Express. It was the Orient Express, wasn't it? Yeah, I just thought, as we haven't got the uh, birthday spread today, I just want him to keep no. his hand in. If ever course, comes back. Um, well, and what about the football, Martin? What did you make of the return? Are you, are, you, are you effects on or effects off? I, I sort of flip-flop between the two. So Eventually, do I, yeah. I preferred it with the effects off, I think, just slightly. Mm. Um, mm. I, I found the other thing a bit distracting. Obviously, they weren't two great matches. There were a couple of matches that you would have been flipping around <clears> to <throat> see what else is on, I think. I mean, Arsenal sort of shot themselves in the foot. The, the Villa match, my only interest in that was obviously um, I wanted Sheffield United to win because Villa are, uh, you know, are vying yeah. with West Ham down the bottom of the table. But um, what I did enjoy was Gary Neville's interview with Raheem Sterling, um, which I thought was, was a really, you know, all right, everybody's been talking about Raheem Sterling and uh, Marcus Rashford this week. Part, of course, from, uh, was it Matthew Hancock was talking about Daniel Rashford or somebody was. In yes, the, he was brilliant. Really that one in the, it was it. In, yes. in the government. But, um, yeah, everyone was talking about that this week. But I thought the interview was really good in that um, Gary Neville recalled the time when he was uh, on the England coaching team and um, Raheem Sterling came into him and said, why am I getting all this abuse? Which uh, I thought was a, was a valid question at the time. I was asking the question myself. But Gary sort of took the race aspect out of it altogether and said, well, you know, David Beckham went through all that, Gaza went through all that, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but now admitted his mistake in, you know, in ignoring that very important aspect, which we now all know, I mean, we should have known at the time, I suppose, um, was the, you know, was the key aspect of, uh, of the abuse that he got, which clearly wasn't all on, a, uh, all on an entirely football level. And I think you could say the same about uh, Theo Walcott. You know, there's one thing to say, he's got no end product, but he did get that, you know, he did get the same sort of level of uh, yeah. criticism as, um, as Raheem got. And I thought it was particularly significant because I watched one of those 30 for 30s. I don't know whether you've seen this one, uh, Andy. Uh, the one about uh, Alan, Alan Iverson, no crossover, the trial of Alan Iverson. Did you, did you watch that one? No, I don't think I've seen that one. No. I, I know who he is. It, yeah, basketball player, yeah. But. That's right. He, uh, it was, I mean, the important thing, what made me go back to this, it's on BT Sport, that's where I saw it, so I presume you can still get it on catch-up, um, is that Steve James is the guy who uh, directed Hoop Dreams, which we've talked about a few oh, times. Oh, yeah, what a film. Uh, and he, yeah. went, he went back to his hometown of Hampton in Virginia, where uh, Alan Iverson, what happened basically was that sometime in 1993, <laughs> there was a brawl in a bowling alley and it was a sort of uh, white on black, black on white. But, you know, there were all sorts of people said abuse was exchanged on both sides. But it turned into this sort of Wild West style brawl and chairs were thrown, etc., etc. Uh, as a result of this, four blacks, uh, four black guys were charged. No white people were charged at all. Uh, and Alan Iverson was one of them. And um, he was sentenced to, I mean, there was no, even in the video, you see, there was no real evidence that he'd taken a major part in this other than actually just being there. Um, but the, uh, he, was, he was charged amongst the other three black guys. Uh, he was sentenced to three five-year sentences for this brawl. Uh, you know, on, on just on a couple of, three five-year sentences started obviously a huge campaign there. 
Um, and because Steve James was from, uh, is from Hampton and was returning to his home, hometown, uh, it's what made it so interesting and made it, you can, you, you understand, even if you weren't already understanding the level of anger in the United States, this really helped you because there was still, you go around, there were still Confederate flags flying, you know, quite openly all mm. over the place. Um, the, the judge, uh, who's now no longer with us, the problem was, uh, 1993, so he couldn't, I think he made, made the program a couple of years ago, but couldn't, a lot of people weren't alive, and Alan Iverson uh, wasn't talking, um, uh, about it at all, but, you know, he was the top high school basketball player in the country, there were all sorts of, uh, interesting, uh, aspects to this, not least the fact that Bruce Hornsby was in it. Do you remember Bruce really? Hornsby in the range? Of course, in the range. Yeah, with yeah. the range in it, or just Bruce Hornsby, or did the just range Bruce, not Just Bruce, because he, he <laughs> bizarrely, Steve, who knew this? Here's a quiz question. Steve James, the director of Hoop Dreams, uh, once played um, played ball against uh, Bruce okay. Hornsby in high school. So uh, mm. how about that, both is from it, uh, that area of Virginia? It's just the way it is, interviewed, isn't it? Well, they interviewed, exactly, yeah, they interviewed I, Bruce. I, knew, I was going to say that this myself, <laughs> Why did this happen? And Why then he said, well, that's just the way, that's just the way it is. He must get to see that every interview, Bruce, the only thing he ever comes up with. Isn't got anything else I, for you, uh, Bruce? I've got a Bruce Hornsby anecdote. Very quick one. Oh, and he's got Bruce a Bruce Hornsby anecdote. Not everybody can say they've got a Bruce Hornsby anecdote. No, I was doing a, I was doing a, a 1992 All-Star game for the NBA. It was for Channel 4, actually. I was over yeah. there. We got the run of Disneyland for the afternoon. No customers allowed. No client. Yeah. Wow. people allowed in and except for the NBA and their journalists and friends and all that so we had the whole run of the park and I'm walking through the Disney and I hear the familiar piano refrain in the way it is oh that's nice mm. I like that so, that sounds like Bruce Hornsby it was Bruce Hornsby just playing for the guests of the NBA just in the Blimey. middle of the park playing and that. he went back to the hit did he didn't play anything else didn't do the Mrs. No, I didn't Mills bother, I didn't bother to hang around I thought time. I like that one <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, you, you really, you're exactly right. When you do these things at a sporting, I went to a, a rugby league um, super league final at Old Trafford, uh, and uh, James were the guest band, oh, yeah. and they and they did do you know, oh sit down, oh sit down. They did all that, and then they did a couple of other numbers afterwards. I have to say, uh, after they done sit down. <laughs> There wasn't a lot of interest in the other numbers yeah. that they did. Oh, <laughs> dear. Okay. Yeah. Poor old James, if they're listening. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. We're going to bring you Striker now. and This is Steve Bruce's uh, fantastic murder mystery brought to life by the brilliant Ian Danter with his Steve Bruce impersonation. This is episode 61. And the Lettersford Town Manager, Steve Barnes, is talking to a pregnant lady who claims she is 100% sure that the father of her child is Pat Duffy's murderer. Of course, though I didn't tell the girl, I was thinking of Jimmy Lawson. After school, I went on to university, Michelle continued. Which one? Sunderland, she said. I took an upper second. Not a first then, I said. There was only one first in my year. He went straight into football. Although it wasn't easy, given the demands of football, we continued to meet. A full relationship? I suggested quietly. We loved one another, she said. Loved? Does that denote the past? I learned that he was seeing other girls, and not always being discreet. Photographs in the newspapers and magazines, coming out of nightclubs with other girls. I don't always believe what you see in the press, Michelle. I remember one occasion when I went drinking with two of my Mulcaster mates. In the days when I was 
bending my elbow rather more than was good for my health and my soccer skills. As we were coming out, two girls draped themselves around me. Their dresses left very little to the imagination, and a photographer was on hand. What the papers and later the magazine said did not worry me one bit. The problem was persuading Susan that I was with my mates and the whole episode was a sting. So why, Susan asked, were the others not in the photographs? I had to explain that with modern scanning techniques and a strong pair of scissors, photographs can be falsified. Two people on a boat far away can be made to appear to be right next to each other. You don't believe me? It happened to Princess Diana and Dodie fired. Controversy there. The upshot was, Michelle continued, that we drifted apart. It wouldn't have mattered, but I was still in love with him. I am now in a kind of way. Carrying a candle for someone, it's common enough. I was becoming quite an accomplished counsellor. I must apply these skills to the squad members, if, that is, I continued as manager. If not, there's always dear Deirdre. <laughs> I, wonder if the t- I wonder if the two teammates he was caught photographed with were Harry Parrister and Brian Gibbs, those famous Molecaster players. So there we are, more well, from Strike. His conspiracy theory was fantastic. Yeah, there, wasn't what in, about in the that? Middle of yeah, he's buying into that. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. And that's it. Uh, we're back on Monday. We're going to have plenty of football uh, to reflect on, of course. Wall-to-wall football from this evening. Oh, please so, don't lose, Chelsea. Please don't let me have to do a rant. Yeah. <laughs> He's got to do a rant on Monday. They're not gonna, you're not going to lose to Villa. Oh, come oh, on. It's not happening. I'll take a, I'll take a draw now. <laughs> no, I, I, I bet, yeah. Well, if they do draw, remember he said that, folks, because he won't take a draw uh, at Villa. So, look, enjoy it all. Um, there's plenty of it on TalkSport. We'll catch up with you on Monday. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.